What's up, guys? I'm Jared Lopes, and you're listening to the Dad Tired Podcast, where I'm helping everyday families learn how to follow Jesus in everyday life. So last night after church, uh, me and a couple of friends, we, we normally meet on Mondays and just talk about Jesus and talk about life and all that stuff. We meet every Monday, but instead of meeting today, Monday, we met last night after church and we went over to our friend's house to shoot some guns, which by the way, was brand new for me. I'd never uh, shot guns outside before. I've only shot guns one time in an indoor range, uh, very contained environment, but we were outside shooting guns. Where I'm from, uh, guns are like, I, I come from... Southern or Northern California, Bay Area ish, near the Bay Area, the Northern uh, Valley, and uh, near a town called Stockton, which is like really ghetto. <laughs> um, it's got like the highest crime rate per capita in the nation. It's just a so when we think of guns, we're just we're, you know we're not. It's not like a fun thing. We're normally like scared of drive-bys and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, but in Oregon, people shoot guns for fun. It's cool. It's whatever. Um, and they asked me to shoot guns, so I was totally nervous and freaked out. Uh, also had a lot of adrenaline going through my body. I've been watching a lot of documentaries on. <laughs> on uh, war and stuff. So I felt like in my mind, I should be really good at this. And it turns out I'm not. There's nothing more humbling than uh, those stupid clay pigeons being shot in the air and you feel like you should hit them and you can't multiple times. It's a very humbling feeling. And uh, anyway, I'm thankful for 911 and uh, hopefully somebody can get here before I... (laughs) This introduction turned into an introduction I did not mean for it to turn into. Anyway, all that to say, uh, after we shot guns, the reason we were really getting together was to like share our stories with each other. Uh, we meet, like I said, every Monday, but we wanted to get together and talk about and just hear each other like, where did you grow up? What was your family life like? Uh, how did you come to decide you wanted to follow Jesus and all that good stuff? And one thing stuck out to me, there's four of us that meet, there was four of us that were sharing our stories yesterday. One thing that stuck out to me was how a lot of us grew up in church and we grew up in churches that were teaching us that we needed to avoid judgment. We needed to avoid hell specifically. And to do that, you needed to say a prayer. And if you said this prayer that you'd get out of hell and you'd be able to spend eternity with God in paradise. And so, um, once you said the prayer, you're in. You like you made the decision. You've hit your peak. You've 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 done everything you're supposed to do. And now you just maintain. You behave really well. You don't do the things God doesn't want you to do. You don't get God mad. You stay on God's good side, and you behave well. And if you love God, then you should behave well. And um, which, by the way, there's scriptures that say uh, and are very clear that Jesus even said, if you love me, you will obey me. Um, but his love is not based, his love for us is not based on our behavior, even though that is what kind of subconsciously started to get taught and to most of us guys that grew up in church. And Dad Tired has always been the, the heartbeat behind what I'm trying to do here. There's there's some other guy ministries out there. There, there aren't many, actually, but uh, there are some out there. But um, a lot of what we hear as men is like, we just need to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. We need to work harder. We need to behave well. You need to step up, man up, whatever. Uh, And I've always just been convinced that if we can point people towards Jesus, that Jesus will change hearts. He's actually the one that changes hearts. Uh, And heart change lasts a lot longer and goes way deeper than behavior modification. And uh, so I'm, I'm telling you that 
that because uh, we want to reach more guys. Right now, we're reaching thousands of men with the gospel. We're trying to point thousands of men every single day, reminding them of who they are, reminding them of, of who Jesus says they are and what God has done for them, um, and remind them that they it's not about just trying to change their behavior and like just man up and do the right thing, but like surrender yourself to Jesus. Let him change your heart, and behavior change comes as a result of that. And frankly, I just want to reach more guys. Like my heart is passionate to see this ministry continue to grow, and God continue to uh, to shape hearts and bring hearts back to Himself. Either some hearts for the first time, or guys that just grew up in the same kind of environment that I did, where they're just like, "I'm sick. I'm I'm exhausted of trying to behave well. I want God to do something deeper in my heart." So, if you believe in this ministry, if you if you've been touched by it, if you if you believe in what we're doing, you believe in the message that we're trying to get out to guys, I implore you to join us and to join in with us and give and uh, continue to allow this podcast to get out. We're going to launch more resources. We want to reach more and more guys with the good news of Jesus, not behavior modification, but the good news of what Jesus can do can actually change hearts. We believe in that. And so if you believe in that, we'd love for you to join in on that. You can do that. Please consider doing that by going to dadtire.com forward slash give partner with us as we reach more guys with the gospel. Um, This whole point of the gospel is actually... um exactly opposite or not opposite, but just, it's it's way deeper than what I just described, what many of us grew up in the churches. And that is that if we just say a prayer, we're good. And we kind of maintain throughout life. Jesus was never about that. He never had this game plan to get everybody to say a prayer and then like, okay, sweet. You've said the prayer. I'm moving on now. God was always about from the very beginning of Genesis, the very beginning of the Bible, all the way through the Bible, God was always redeeming things back to himself, back to the way they originally designed. Before there was sin, before there was junk, before there was crap in the world, um, got the relationship between man and God was exactly as he designed it to be. It was good. It was perfect. And sin messed it up. But instead of God bailing and being like, peace out, dude, I'm going to start a new earth somewhere else. God didn't bail. He said, I'm going to make things new again. I'll bring things back to the way that they used to be. And so God is redeeming things. He's restoring things back to himself. And he wants you to be a part of that. And that's what's crazy is that he didn't just ask you to say a prayer and then uh, maintain your behavior. He wants you to surrender your life to him. And then he wants to change you. And he wants to use you to see other people come to know him and enter into this like new way, this new culture, this new way of thinking and living uh, the way that God originally designed things to be. And I remember one time I was at church, I was on staff at a church and I was asking this guy, just like, man, how do you feel like God is using you in the world? Like, how do you feel like God is using you to to talk to other people about him? How do you feel like you're doing and sharing the story of God and the overall story of God redeeming things back to himself? And he kind of gave me this confused look and he's like, isn't that what we pay you to do? And uh, I think he was joking. <laughs> I think he was halfway joking. Uh, I'm not sure. I should have just asked him point blank. But uh, what was actually happening, I think there was a lot of seriousness uh, in his voice when he was when he was saying, like, I, I think 
we're paying you to do that. Like, why are you asking me to go make disciples? Why are you asking me to go tell my friends about Jesus? Isn't the point for me just to bring them to church and then you can make disciples and you can tell them about it? Isn't that why we pay you? And uh, many people believe that, believe it or not, in the church. Maybe you believe that. Maybe you've been taught that. Like, we pay uh, certain men and women to work at a church and they're the ones that are supposed to make the disciples and tell people about Jesus. Let me just tell you, dude, if that's like you're thinking, that's not true. That's not That's not actually why you have a pastor or paid staff. The role of pastors and paid staff is not to just make disciples while everyone else uh, gets to like not participate in what God called us to do. We're all in this together. There's no such thing as like professionals and volunteers Every single one of us has a role to play in the kingdom of God, and every single one of us is called to be part of God redeeming things back to himself. One way that I always say this is um, God, Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray, and he told them to pray like this, Father, would your kingdom come, would your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus was essentially saying that we're not just one day going to go to heaven, but heaven actually can start to come to earth today. The way that God wants to do things today and in heaven can come here in into the here and now, into the earth here and now, which is amazing. Like God wants to bring heaven now. Yes, one day all things will be restored and made new and there will be no more crying or tears or shame or guilt or whatever. All of that one day will be completely restored, but God has already begun to restore things now, relationships and uh, sicknesses and addictions and all kinds of stuff. God is like making new and restoring now and he wants you to be a part of that. And so there's no such thing as this like, pro-Christians and volunteer Christians. Listen, we're all in this together. We are all sent and called to be on mission. And so one one way that you can think about this, and this is actually a thought I heard from a, a guy named Jeff Vanderstelt, who's one of my favorite teachers and authors and speakers. I'm going to actually have him on the podcast here pretty soon, um, which I'm super excited about. So you'll want to make sure you listen to that podcast when it comes out. But uh, Jeff Vanderstelt talks about this like, we are all missionaries. There's no such thing as like paid. We get we have this thing in our mind where like the missionaries are the ones that go to these third world countries, which is true. We need missionaries in third world countries and in countries where the gospel isn't being preached. But there we are all called to be on mission. And and he he gave this perspective that I thought was really cool. He said, "What if you thought of your job as you being a paid missionary? Like wherever you woke up today, some, we get we get so super spiritual, like, oh, God, where are you calling me? What do you want to do with my life? Listen, wherever you woke up today, you were on mission. You were on mission in the neighborhood that God has, has you living in right now. You were on mission with the kids and the wife that God has given you. And you were on mission at the workplace that God has called you in for now. He may call you somewhere else. You may have another job a year from now, 10 years from now, whatever. He may call you to another country 10, 5, 10 years from now. But wherever you woke up today is where God wants you to be on mission today. This is where God wants his kingdom come and his will to be done on earth today is exactly where you woke up. It's exactly where you go to work. And I think most people like we get, especially guys, um, we are really, really good at compartmentalizing our life. 
And, and we don't even mean to do this. I've met so many guys who like good hearts, faithful men. Um, and yet we have like the God time uh, and we have work time and we have family time. And I've, I've heard somebody say that men think brains are like waffles and women's brain uh, are like spaghetti. And again, these are obviously generality generalities here, but you know, a, a, a woman's brain can be seen as spaghetti where one thing touches another thing, touches another thing. Like it's all intermingled. It's all kind of a, not a mess. That would be offensive. Uh, but it, <laughs> it's all, it's all interconnected. It, it, it's all, everything touches everything. There is no compartments where a guy's brain is like a waffle and, uh, we have little compartments and we just set things. Okay. There's this like, uh, here's when I'm thinking about God and here's when I'm thinking about, uh, work and here's when I'm thinking about my kids. And, and some of that's a strength. Like that's a God-given strength that we can compartmentalize and move on and shift when we need to. But some of that, um, we get into our minds like work seems so far disconnected from what God is doing that they, they're just like, you've got one work is at the top left of that waffle square and Jesus is at the bottom right you know, of the waffle square, like they're just super distant from each other. And you have a hard time intersecting like what those two things would look like. What would it look like for you to be a paid missionary? And here's the thing, like whether you're an IT guy at a some software company or you're a janitor or you run a tractor or you're a real estate agent or an investment guy or you work at a hospital, whatever you're doing, uh, if you see yourself As a follower of Jesus, God has called you to be part of his overall story of redeeming things back to to himself. Then your number one role is a man of God, a child of God on mission to see the kingdom of God, his will be done, his kingdom come here on earth. That is your number one role. That's your identity, a child of God on mission. And then it starts with your family, it starts with your wife, it starts with your kids, but then it moves in to the places where you spend the most time, like your work. And so, let's just say you're an IT guy at a company, right? If you are going into your job thinking, I am a son of God who's called to bring the kingdom of heaven here to earth, God's will that it would be done here in my workplace— then really you get to think of it like this. I am on mission here. I am a missionary to this place. And as a missionary, I'm just fortunate that this company happens to pay me to be on mission here. The paycheck is a bonus. (laughs) Thank you, company, for giving me a paycheck to be on mission here. But my primary purpose here is to see the kingdom of God. God's will be done. The kingdom of heaven invade this place. And so what you're doing is you're looking for ways all throughout the day, whether every single person that you interact with, every work, uh, everything that you do for work throughout the day, you are looking, where is there, where has the kingdom of God not touched? Where are there things within my company, uh, within the, my coworkers, where the kingdom of God has yet to rule, where the king, Jesus, has yet to like take hold of, and there's work that needs to be done? And praise God that this company pays me, that I get to be here. I get to be salt and light. Remember, salt is flavorful right? Like salt is a good thing. You don't eat just one chip. You eat multiple chips because the salt makes you want more. It gives it flavor. Jesus said, you're salt and light. Like you bring salt, you bring goodness, you bring light and joy and the kingdom of heaven into your workplace. 
And so you're looking for ways that are dark or that aren't good or that haven't seen the joy or the peace of the kingdom. And you're thinking, where can I be used by God to see his kingdom come and his will be done in my workplace as it is in heaven? And most of us get caught up because we feel salesy, like I, I, this is where I spent most of my life talking about Jesus always felt sale, salesy. Like I had to close a deal. Like if so, if God ever got brought up, then I've got to somehow figure out how to close the deal and get them to say a prayer because that was the whole thing I wanted to say. Like I need, I need to get you to believe that there's a God and that you're a sinner and that you need to be saved by grace right now and say this prayer and so you don't have to go to hell. And maybe God provides that for you. Like maybe you just have this crazy conversation where somebody blatantly asks, like, hey, what do I need to do to go to heaven? And uh, I want to follow Jesus. Can you tell me exactly how to do that? That would be great if somebody asked you that. I think I've had a conversation kind of like that maybe one time in my entire life. And I've talked to a lot of people about Jesus, and that like just doesn't happen. It's usually what I'm doing is I'm just trying to contrast the kingdom of God with the kingdom that they're currently living in, that we're currently living in, uh, with their normal culture. And so let me let me give you an example of how this would work. I, I'm going to go really vague on specifics here because it, just for the sake of privacy for this person. But I was seeing, uh, I was meeting with this guy. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to be vague without like <laughs> sounding weird. Uh, our lives intersected every few months, and uh, I needed to to see this guy. <laughs> he was my barber. All right, I'm just going to say it. He was my barber. Uh, I've been to a lot of barbers, so you have no idea which one I'm talking about, and you never will. Uh, <laughs> and you don't know what point of my life this was. Anyway, I was going to get a haircut with this guy uh, every few months or every month or whatever. And uh, over you know six months a year, I got to know this guy pretty well as he was cutting my hair. And uh, it turns out that he was cheating on his wife. And he was telling me about it every time I would get my haircut. He was like, giving me uh, the rundown of what the latest was within his marriage. And he was really struggling. Like he was deeply conflicted uh, as he was doing this because he knew it was wrong. He knew he shouldn't be doing it. And yet he just, he kept saying to me like, but I'm just so tired. Like I'm tired that my wife doesn't engage me. I'm tired of feeling like we're roommates. I'm tired that there's no like intimacy anymore. And I'm just tired. Like I want to be happy again. I want to bring joy again. And this new woman brings me joy. She makes me feel like I'm in high school again. And she, she, she gives me feelings that I haven't had in a long time. And, uh, and I want that happiness again. And after months and months, really, I just listened. Like I just listened and listened and listened. And what he's doing is he's showing, he's telling me his whole belief system without ever like knowing it, but he's just telling me like, here's what I believe. Here's what I believe to be true. He never used those words, but I could start to tell like, okay, here's, here's this guy's theology based on how much, what he's talking about. And eventually after like three, four haircuts, he just point blank asked me, he's like, dude, what, what do you think? Like, what do you think I should do here? I know you're a Christian. Like, what do you, what do you think I should do here? And this was an opportunity for me to compare or contrast what the kingdom of God looks like versus what the kingdom of this world looks like that he was currently living in. And so I told him this, I said, man, what it sounds like is happening is that you are just like desperately looking for joy and peace and satisfaction. And uh, your wife clearly is not giving that to you. And this new woman is giving it to you for now. And I said, but I think she'll fail you. 
I think this new woman, new woman will eventually fail you and giving you all that peace and joy and satisfaction. I said, dude, I've spent my whole life searching for peace and joy and satisfaction uh, and adventure and all that stuff. And like, uh, you just keep putting into things that fail. And I say, really, those are like what we're really doing is we're like searching for a God. And we do this, and this is what I was telling him. I, I, I told him exactly as I'm telling it to you. I said, I said, we do this in all kinds of ways. Like we do this with when I was young, I thought if I just got this new car in high school uh, or if I got my license, like finally I'd be satisfied and that sucked, that failed me. Uh, and then you get married and you and you think that this woman, finally I'm married to the woman of my dreams. And then eventually you find out like she doesn't meet all of your needs and she doesn't give you the joy and satisfaction that you always crave. Uh, and then you do it with pornography. You think that, you know, if I look at porn, this is going to satisfy. And I, 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 I like made a joke. I was like, how long did that satisfaction laugh or last? And he started laughing. He was, he's like, all right, dude, now you're talking real. And I was telling him like, dude, we're just always chasing after things that we're hoping will satisfy our soul. And I said, really what's happening is all those things that you want to be your God, to give you complete hope and satisfaction and joy and adventure and longing all of those things fail you. And I said, what you actually need, dude, is God. Like God is the only one who can give you the satisfaction and the peace and the joy that you're longing for. This new woman, she will fail you at being God just like your wife has failed you at being God because nothing is meant to be God except God himself. Uh, and listen, he didn't like say a prayer and we didn't... Uh, I. It would have been awesome. Had it, had that conversation turned into him like, yes, right now I want to surrender my life to Jesus. That would have been amazing. Um, but it didn't. He heard me. He listened. He was actually super receptive. He thought that was really helpful. At that moment, the last time I had talked to him about that, like he was still choosing, like I'm still going to continue to pursue this woman because it feels good. Um, knowing now what I think though, that 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 God will fail him. And I'm praying that when that God does fail him and it will, and it will, uh, that he'll turn to Jesus. And maybe I can continue meeting with him and working on his discipleship journey. But the goal there was to contrast his current view of God, his current, like, this is my God, this is my reality, this is the kingdom of the world, to contrast that with the kingdom of heaven. There's always a better God. And you can you can do this wherever you're at. Like if you see yourself as a missionary, God has called you to be in the workplace. Where can the kingdom start to invade? Just listen. Just listen to what people are saying their God is. Some people are going to talk about if they got a raise at work, that they would be satisfied, or if their boss treated them better, that they would be satisfied, or if their wife did this, that they would be satisfied, or if they got this car or that boat or whatever, that somehow their, their soul would finally be happy. And all you're looking to do is just point them to a better God. Jesus is better. He's better than everything else that people are chasing after. And so our goal as Christians is not to compartmentalize like, okay, I have my work time and my uh, my God time or my church time or whatever. Your goal, you have been called by God to be on mission, to see his kingdom come, to see his will be done at your work as it is in heaven. And so where if you're listening to this at work or if you're on your way to work or on your way home or whatever, would you start to pray like, God, how could you use me to be salt and light, to be like flavorful, to be good news? That's what we're trying to bring. And that's not salesy. Like you don't have to be salesy to bring good news. Dude, 
the God you're chasing after suck. Here's a better God that's given, <laughs> that can actually satisfy your soul. Jesus said that to the woman at the well, remember? Uh, she was getting water, buckets of water, and she was in her shame. And Jesus said, if you drink of me, you'll never be thirsty again. Like, I have something, I have something for you that would make your soul never thirst again. That's good news, man. People want that. She was like, give me that water. I want it right now. Uh, and and that's what we should be doing. It's not salesy. You're not trying to close a deal. You're trying to point people to a better God. And so that takes a lot of listening, a lot of figuring out your coworkers and your neighbors and your friends, like what is the God that they're serving? Because listen, every single one of us are serving another God. Regardless of where you're at on your spiritual journey, every single one of us are desperately hoping and seeking something to give our soul peace and satisfaction and joy. And every other God fails. And so the whole point of being on mission is to point to a better God, to Jesus. Um, listen, a lot of a lot of um, stuff that I've said here, a lot of like references even that I made. I, I alluded to Jeff Vanderstelt, who's going to be on the podcast. I can't wait for him to be on the podcast. He's going to drop a lot of good stuff. I already know it. But he has a book. He just put a new book out called Gospel Fluency. He has two books. Um, he might have more than that, but two that I've read are Saturate, uh, or maybe it's called Saturate the World. If you, if you search for Jeff Vanderstelt, you'll find his books. But Gospel Fluency and Saturate, such good books. He gives very, very practical examples of like how you can, you can tell people the good news of Jesus in their everyday life without sounding salesy, without sounding like you have to give some um, pre-canned speech that you learned at a Sunday school class, but like actually learn what would the gospel look like in this person's life, in their very real situation, and how do I articulate the gospel, and how does it affect my life in real situations? Anyway, you can pick up the audiobook for that for free uh, if you go to dadtired.com forward slash audible uh, and pick up that book for free if you don't have an audible account already i highly encourage you to listen to that book gospel fluency would be the one that i recommend on the topic that we talked about today but anyway wherever you woke up today you were on mission god may call you somewhere else someday but for right now you are on mission to see god's kingdom come god's will be done right where you are i love you guys (laughs) 